right, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 13. Let's pray. Jesus, you see every single person here in this room. And I ask, Lord, as your word goes forth, that you would give us understanding. Let us hear your voice, because your voice is truth, and truth sets us free. Amen. All right. So Matthew 13, um, you know, okay, I, I tricked you guys. We're going to go to Matthew 13. Mark it, because we'll come back. Let's go to Revelation 3.17. I've actually preached out of this before, um, which doesn't bother me. But if you're like, oh, Sasha, you've already talked about this. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I think Paul said somewhere in his epistles, he's like, I don't care that I'm repeating myself. It's good for you. So <laughs> I think it's good for us to, to hear it again and again. So this is, you know, his letters to the, the seven churches and Laodicea. Let's start in um, let's start in verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. So you have to set this up. Like God is true, He is truth. And he is giving an account of the churches. So he's not off. He's not giving his opinion. He's not, um, you know, shooting randomly here. He, he is the true witness. So he is bearing witness to these churches. And what he says is true. Very simple. But, you know, in this day and age when you have, you know, judges bringing confusion, you know, this is judge who is faithful and true. And he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot with that. You are either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth for you say I am rich. This is where I want to key in for you say I am rich. I have prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, 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 thank you, or something worthy of pity. There you go. Poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you. I love Jesus because he not only brings a rebuke, but he brings a remedy. He's never going to leave you high and dry. He's, he's, he's not pointing to a wound to laugh at you. He's pointing at a wound to heal you. He wants to bring healing. That's who he is. But he's giving a true account. He's saying, us, we, the church, are saying, oh, I'm rich. I'm, I'm good. I have, I have no need. And he's saying, you're wrong. You have great need, and you're poor, and you're naked, and you need me. So come to me. And he says, come to me. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white garments so that you may be clothed. And it, I'm sorry, I, I paraphrase that garment so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. So now let's go, there's this eye salve. 
Let's go to Matthew 13. It's a, yeah. There is very much simplicity in God's truth. And sometimes in the simplicity, our pride resists it. So Matthew 13, let's read. Starting in verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing do they do not hear, nor do they understand. So he's again addressing this, this, this eye problem and this ear problem. So you can say all day long, I have sight and I have hearing. I'm hearing, you're hearing the words that I'm saying. But what he's saying is like, you're hearing it with your physical ear, but you're not actually understanding it with your spiritual heart, your spiritual ears, your spiritual intake. And he's saying, those who are my disciples hear and see. But those who are not can't hear and can't see. And then he reads Isaiah, you will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears, they can barely hear. And their eyes, they have closed. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, which I I don't know like how fan girl I am, but I'm definitely up there somewhere. <laughs> Jake's up there too. Awesome. So what's his name that's like totally clouded in, in demon possession? What's his name? The Lord? No, no, no. He, he poisons the air. Boromir. Theoden. Theoden. It's Theoden. Basically, this guy is just covered in like almost looks like moss, like algae from the, from the ocean. That's what it feels like. And um, Gandalf the White comes in and speaks light, and he is transformed. And he can, it's like he comes out of this dross. That's what I think of when I think of the dullness that's on the church. The dullness that you can't hear. You're so poisoned by the enemy's confusion. You can't hear what the Father is saying. But let's go to verse 16. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Okay, so we, there's just a dichotomy here, that there's hearing, you're hearing, you're hearing what he's saying as he's speaking in parables. You're hearing the story of the sower. You're like, oh, that's a great story about a gardener and a a seed. And you're like, thanks, Jesus. I feel, (laughs) feel really good. And then there's the disciples. They're like, oh, he's talking about a spiritual reality and we got to take care of our hearts. So that's where we're going to go. Because that's where I want to land today is that I want to encourage us um, to be diligent gardeners of our heart. That's my, that's my point today. So let's go to the parable of the sower. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom 
and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yeah, I'm tracking with you, Jesus. I gotcha. And then it says, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. So 2020 comes, the world gets shaken, and we're, we're forgetting the word of God. But he does that to reveal your foundation flaws. Again, not so that you're like, oh, darn, my foundation is cruddy, but so that you can turn and repent and so that you can rebuild that foundation on the rock. So that's what he's saying. Don't receive my heart, my, my words in a, with no root system. When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, he immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. I have been feeling this. The word, you're spending time in the word, you're being with him, but it doesn't take root because you're so concerned about what's going on out there. And the deceitfulness of riches. What do I need to do with my money? What, what, what's going on? Just like what Jackie said, anxiety is trying to take the place that the Lord is meant to keep. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed, he indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, another 60, and another 30. So I was asking the Lord, okay, what does it look like to have good soil? And I don't know, in, it's very simple. In my front garden, the good soil is the one that gets tended. The good soil is the one that gets tended. The, the one that's overdrawn with weeds and rocks is the one that's been neglected. So simple. But we do it all the time. And it's like, for me, my front garden, poor front garden. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it at a convenient time, which with six kids, that's, you know, 20, 32. <laughs> you know, something like that. But you got to be intentional. You got to cut things out so that you can tend to the garden of your heart. Let's go to Matthew 25, another parable. All right, verse one. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. 
Then all of those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, give us your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves and while they were going to buy, the kingdom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. I have preached on this, but we were just talking in Revelations 3.17. What does it say? Go buy for yourselves. This side of eternity is when we get to choose what we buy and who we buy it from. God is the possessor of oil, who we look at. He is the object of our affection. And when we look at him, we produce oil within us. So there is this time right now that God's saying, tend to your heart. Remove the weeds that are the matters of this world, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Remove those weeds Tend to the garden of your heart. And then I'm just going to go to Proverbs 4. It's very simple. But I feel like it matters. So much of our day is getting on with our list, all the distraction, all the confusion, the social media, the needs of life. But the Lord is trying to say there is something bigger going on. There is a spiritual reality that is going to be taken into account of how you sow into the kingdom of God. And it doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't happen on the run. It has to be tended with diligent hands. Y'all have heard this verse. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life, or other versions say the issues of life. So I know that the Lord has been highlighting to me, Sash, it takes intentional, intentionality. And there's always this tinge of like, oh, I'm going to like press the snooze on the alarm clock kind of thing. But it's with, it's throughout the whole day. Yesterday, I was at the library and I'm walking out the door to go about my day. And I feel him say, turn around and go talk to that couple that you just passed. And I kid you not, I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> And it was almost like I patted his hand away. And I just can't imagine how many times we do that throughout the day. No, no, no. I'll, later, later. But we're doing that to the Lord of Lords, to the King of Kings who's asking for our attention, who's asking for our affection. And what happens if you have children, you know this, if you do this long enough, what happens? They stop. You no longer feel his tug. Come away with me, my beloved. 
Come away with me. Come spend time with me. But I got to, but I got to, I got to see to this and this and this and this. And we become the God of our world. And we remove the hand of the God of the world. Anyways, thank God I actually did turn around and do that thing that I didn't want to do. And it was a blessing, always. But I was, I wanted to go to my day and I wanted to be comfortable and I didn't want to start a conversation with people that I don't know. (laughs) But I told her, I said, but he's my Lord and I want to do what he's asked me to do. I want to be faithful to his voice so that he can trust me the next time. I want to gain his trust so that like Matthew 13 said, I'll know his secrets. Proverbs 4, 23, one more time, and then we're just going to pray. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So as I spoke and as I read those words, I want us to ask ourselves, what is crowding out the word of God? bearing fruit in our lives. But Sash, even in my motherhood of six kids, it's easy to be like, oh, but God, I have six kids. He's like, I know I gave them to you. He's like, why don't you ask me for grace? Why don't you ask me for what that looks like to tend to the garden of your heart? He knows your situation. He knows you're rising up and you're going down. Ask him. He's not looking for you to do it the way that Sasha does it. He's looking for a 100% response from you. And you know when you do this. And all he's asking is that you would do this. That you would take his hand and follow. Not swat it away. Will y'all stand with me? Dylan, will you play some music for us? Oh, the whole worship is fine, but I like keys. (sighs) Jesus, I just thank you that the gospel is simple. We want to respond to your voice when we leave here. When we wake up and the world feels more real than your world. But we want to invite you in. We want to hold your hand. We don't want to swat it away. We want to be diligent gardeners of our heart, not lazy gardeners, not convenience gardeners, but vigilant and diligent. We want to partner with you to remove the things that hinder our love. Father, I even pray over marriages and families 
Father, I ask that you would create time for intimacy, create time for, for husbands and wives to spend with one another, that they would carve out time. I ask for our family dynamics, Lord, that we would carve out time to be with one another. Father, we surrender our schedules. We, we surrender our in-between moments when we wanna grab our phones, where we wanna watch TV, when we wanna play video games or do busy work. Help us to choose you instead. We wanna be best friends with you, Jesus. We wanna know you, Jesus. We wanna know you, we wanna have oil in our lamps. If um, you feel distracted or you feel numb to the voice of the Lord, or you feel like that you just don't long for him anymore, I ask that you would come forward, not waiting for necessarily anyone to pray for you but just to come forward and, and, and say, Jesus, return me, return me to you. Give me singleness of vision. You know, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen on the run. It doesn't happen because you're in the right sp space. Well, I listen to the worship music and I, I read all the good books and, and you know, I'm, I'm at church on Sunday and I'm, you know, I think I'm doing the thing. It doesn't happen like that. You have to engage in conversation with Jesus. Hear, O Israel, hear, hear him, receive his words, tend to the garden of your heart. You have to get oil. You can't last minute ditch. Hey, give me some of your oil. So Jesus, we just set our hearts to get oil this week in the hidden place. And Father, I just pray a blessing over everyone else, everyone's week. God, be the Lord of our schedules, be the Lord of our time, be the Lord of what we put our hands to, what we, what we put our minds to. 
this week. We want to be people who have oil, who are ready. In Jesus' name, amen.